Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, 354, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a great show today. Unfortunately, um, we will not have the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, in the house. Uh, Mac is not going to be able to make it today, or Nate Ward, who's uh, suffering from a sore throat from an officiating weekend. But uh, we will have my buddy here, big-time Rams fan and fellow Rams supporter, Kevin Peterson, in the house in about 10 minutes. And we're going to be talking everything uh, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, later in the hour, we're going to dissect the college football playoffs, including the final championship game that's going to happen. And then we will got news and notes from the hub. So starting off right now, we got to congratulate uh, Jennifer King, Coach Jennifer King, WFA alumni, including Callie Branson. So the Washington football team makes the playoffs. Uh, beating Philadelphia in that controversial uh, Monday night when Jalen Hurts got pulled. And I'm pretty sure if there was a packed stadium in Philly with fans, I doubt Doug Peterson was going to go ahead and pull that stunt that he did right there, pulling Jalen Hurts and giving the win to the Washington football team. A lot of Giants fans on Twitter pissed off on Twitter all night long because of what happened with that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, but congratulations to Jennifer King, uh, Callie Branson, and Coach Lori Locust uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, they move on to the first-ever Super Wild Card Weekend, which will uh, basically include a group of 14 teams. Normally it was slated a smaller amount of teams in the past, but now it's going to be probably the, bu- the busiest wild card weekend in NFL history. So between Saturday and Sunday – 36 hours of jam-packed football, and who will be the remaining elite eight to the race to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be unique to kind of watch it. At the same time, it's going to be pretty interesting to see who's going to advance at this point. Um, Don't forget, you guys, um, the podcast powered by monkeyknifefight.com. Free $5 game on sign-up with the code NJF. Instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Play a free game today. A monkey knife, totally different than uh, FanDuel, Daily, uh, you know, DraftKings, or any other f- format. Uh, so you can basically, it's simple, choose a team or two to five players, select right there, and you can also take advantage of just a simple revolve around whether the players are going to achieve a certain specific amount. So if you play NBA, for example, pretty interesting to do. If you play NFL for the remainder of the season. So either way, go to monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF to get started today. All right. So the other interesting news that came out um, this week is of the WNFC at the Hub. So if you haven't gone to the Hub, go to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. Get to check it out. The WNFC new shop items coming up, including the WNFC uniform reveal from the Utah Falcons. So um, 
check it out there at the at the hub. Also, X League tryouts will happen in January for all of the teams in the X League. So you can register now. Get the details right there as well. Uh, shout out to the Danube Dragons, uh, Danube Dragons ladies of, of Astra. Uh, they have a calendar that's being put out. So if you guys want to take advantage of helping them out, especially if you're over in Europe, in the U.K., Germany, and all those places, you're able to order the calendar, pretty awesome calendar. You can get it to see it right there at the Hub. Real nice uh, shoot that they did there as well. We got NFL wildcard previews at the Hub as well. IWFA preview for 2021, including the I-8 excitement that's going to come up in the spring. On top of that, we have breakdowns for everything that's going to happen in the uh, NFL weekend plus college football from all the major sports outlets, Yahoo, CBS Sports, uh, ESPN. So go to the hub and check it out, including Callie Branson, spotlighted by Cleveland Magazine as one of the most interesting people in the Cleveland area as she now is part of the Cleveland Browns as they will go for a round to the Elite Eight. And we'll see if she's going to be in that dance with Jennifer King and Coach Lori Locus. On top of that, Queen's Football League out of the Netherlands set out a promotion campaign that has to do with, you know, the basically stereotyping that women cannot play football. So check it out. It's pretty interesting. We shared it on our Instagram, on our Twitter, and also on our Facebook um, pages. So go check it out right now. It's pretty interesting. Shout out to uh, Queen's, uh, Queen's Football League out of the Netherlands out in Europe. All right, guys. We're going to be breaking down everything today, uh, including the college football uh, scene, in about uh, 25, 30 minutes. And then we're going to jump, jump into the NFL breakdown this weekend. Uh, really interesting games this weekend as we had uh, Tampa Bay taking care of ATL. We all thought, you know, this, this is going to be a challenge for Tom Brady at the beginning of the year because of the transition from um, coming from uh, up north. But it didn't happen. Actually, the Patriots are the ones that are in rebuilding mode. Well, Tom Brady is going to go to another dance. So if you if you followed him this year, I think the addition of Antonio Brown, uh, Gronkowski, really benefits him, and it really changed everything for him. Uh, the beginning of the season, kind of struggling. Middle of the season, somewhat okay. Now I think he's in a groove, and he's always been playoff-ready type of quarterback. So we're going to see how Tom Brady is going to do in this playoff in a new team. Hasn't missed the playoffs in a long time, so really interesting. Buffalo-Miami, which is the new thing in the NFC, uh, NFC, AFC East, which at this point New England's out of the picture. The Jets are really non-existent. But what a story in Buffalo as you have Josh Allen taking control of the Buffalo Bills and put them in a good position along with Stephon Diggs. Uh, they have a really good opportunity. They're going to be going up against the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. Real, Indianapolis has stepped up the last uh, three or four weeks. Really good pass defense. So we'll see how they match up this coming weekend. We also had Pittsburgh against Cleveland. Uh, not the best foot forward for the Steelers because they already had clinched and they already had put their you know foot into the playoffs. An opportunity for them now. They have to prove it against Cleveland. Cleveland really needs to prove it to Pittsburgh. And this is going to be really interesting right now because can uh, – Baker Mayfield with Landry and company and Chubbs, can they really put up a fight and take down the Steelers? Steelers have been, had been struggling for the last six weeks, winning barely, but they had been struggling. So now it's a matter of, uh, you know, what's going to happen between Cleveland 
and the Steelers AFC AFC North um, clash right there. So really interesting wild card weekend given how we're at where we're at uh, in terms of the, the playoffs. So you have Seattle against uh, Seattle against the Rams. You got Cleveland against Pittsburgh, which is kind of a rematch mentality for both of these teams. So a really interesting weekend. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to take on the Washington football team. And then uh, Baltimore against Tennessee, Chicago against New Orleans. Um, interesting weekend that's coming up. So let's bring in my buddy here, Kevin Peterson, in the house. So we can talk NFL football. Kevin, what's going on, bro? Not much. What are you doing? What an what honor doing? to be on here with you. I know. Talking football, baby, because that's what From we do From our days here, of just sitting football. on a couch and talking about the Rams, and now look at you. <laughs> no more. No more. Uh, it's really interesting, Kevin. I mean, it, this whole weekend was uh, Monday night, for for example. Monday night was literally blew my mind. Uh, I was on Twitter because I was tweeting about it. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Doug Peterson pulls Jalen Hurts out. Yeah. And I'm like, you're within three points of – winning the ball game and then I, I bet you if there was if that stadium was filled in Philly he wouldn't have done that because it, it would have been like a map yeah you know, somebody would have killed him <laughs> would have you know that Philadelphia has some of the most passionate fans in the world I can't believe that they didn't rush that stadium <laughs> before they could get out of there it just um it it didn't make guess, any sense I guess and, COVID restrictions helped Doug Peterson stay alive y- yeah, yeah, he can was. thank COVID for his life. Um, you know, it's it's funny too because you're seeing some of the the Philadelphia players are even being outspoken about it, about how unhappy they were about it. You know, so um, I don't know. It's it's only time will I mean, tell never, on how. We probably have seen it in high school, and we probably have seen it in like you know regular uh, Pop Warner mentality in in a lot of ways, right? Because it really doesn't matter. But in the, yeah. at the pro level, I, I mean, this is just like – you can even see Jalen. Jalen on the sidelines was not a happy guy. He was just well, like, what the, hell, what the hell, you know? I think, I think the Jets proved that it's, it's all about winning. You know, I mean, the Jets could have easily coasted the rest of the year and got their first-round draft pick. But, you know, uh, I don't understand it. I mean, not at that level that you you're, – you're right. Maybe at high school you – you don't like a coach and you you cheat him out of getting into the playoffs or you know in lower levels of the sport but not at this level you you go to win you got you got fans that are wearing your jersey and walk around preaching your name especially like i say in philadelphia and and to just kind of say i don't care is almost you know that was the impression that everyone got out of it you know so yeah i think his explanation was uh was a load of crap that's what everybody yeah. was saying on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like up. that was your heir apparent or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, the exactly. guy they put in there. You know, there, there there was no reason to do what he did. I don't know. It was. It, may, it makes you wonder if there's is there if an underlying story is going to come out in the end of some kind of hostilities between him and the Giants or something or you know what I mean? It's like where is that going to yeah. where is this whole thing going to end up? a little bit of drama i mean giants fans were livid even uh yeah. you know celebrities that are giants fans were outspoken this weekend they were just like cursing and and throwing out very good verbiage just on a negative yeah. mode they were just and it's <laughs> you know that's kind of a 
that's a small community that they're all in too. It's kind of like doesn't make sense. It's not like like you know someone from the West Coast doing it to where there's such a big difference. You know, I mean, that's all when you when you look at the map, it's relatively close where all those teams are. You know, so. I don't know. It's still. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I think there's real hatred sense. on the East Coast, as you say. Real hatred in terms of the wing right there, that New York, Pennsylvania, and wing. I think there's real right. hatred there for a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kevin, let's uh, let's just jump in right now because the wild card's going to start. The weekends came out pretty well. I mean, um, Buffalo has been really good the whole year. We all anticipated, okay, because the Patriots, um, you know, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. Everybody anticipated that there was going to be some sort of uh, no drop off, right? Uh, it's Belichick, yeah, exactly. it's going to next man up. Things are going to go the, the same way, and uh, you know, TB12 is going to falter in Tampa Bay, and it it was the opposite. He's actually somewhat in the dance, and he's better in the playoffs. It's not like a Peyton Manning where he's not really good during the regular season. Well, I think the smartest thing, you know, from from Brady's side is that the Buccaneers realized that they needed to bring in some familiar you know, familiar faces to him with Gronk and, and the late signing of, uh, um, can't think of the receiver right now. We got Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, right? You know, because he has a relationship with both those guys. Um, he did falter a little bit. It kind of looked like he was trying to figure out a new system, you know, but, and I'm, I'm sure the relationship between him and Belichick was, was something that he was used to and probably needed to establish there. But, you know, you can't, you can't take a, a pro uh, it, a, as much as Brady is and not be successful. You know what I mean? He's going to figure it out. He, he, um, it was just, you know, like you, you told everyone that I was a Rams fan, which is – but there were some things in the in the first of the season, like when we played him, Brady wasn't Brady. He, he There was missed right. throws in that game and all that stuff. And I, I – I kept saying when Brady figures it out and kind of gets his feet under him in, in his new world here, the NFL is going to be in trouble because he knows how to win. So, And it doesn't hurt. I mean, last week we talked about it and the week before we talked about it here on the podcast where he didn't go to a rebuild. You know what I mean? He wasn't an right. idiot. Where you just yeah. take the money and you go to Jacksonville, for example, right? <laughs> right. Or you go somewhere else. He literally went to an established uh, team. I mean, Arians is a really good coach when he gets going, but at the same time, Mike Evans was there. Uh, he had receivers in Godwin. Yeah. He had a running game, right, to, to work with. Uh, he just needed to keep pieces, right? So what did what did the Buccaneers do? They give him the comfort zone, right? Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Rakowski, and w- yeah. there you are. And then and, and then the funny thing the is, is, if you look at the stats, he didn't he didn't go to Gronk as much as I thought he would, you know. But mm-hmm. I think it was just that comfort zone and knowing that he was always there just kind of took the edge off a little bit and allowed him to settle down in in his new, you know, unfamiliar area. But you know, if there's one team I'm looking I'm looking at the board right now of all of that, if there's one team that scares me, it's the Buccaneers just because of him. I right. Mean, Rams fans know all too well how easy yeah, it can be to team, you know. So yeah, I mean to your to your point right there, the exclamation! It's like you're going to have to face Tom Brady. I mean Washington Red uh, Washington football team, they barely get by against Philly. He tears Atlanta for 44 points, 44 27. Right. So you know, I pray for Washington <laughs> that they're actually going to be in the game. 
and you get a guy. It could be a massacre. And then you get a guy, a rookie, Chase Young, you know, an outstanding defensive guy that come in as a rookie that's calling mm-hmm. Tom Brady out. And I'm kind of like, why, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing that to your defense? You know, he's like, he's excited to, to go after Tom Brady. And I'm like, why are you giving him a reason? You know, I mean, you want him to kind of just be like, oh, I'm in the playoffs again. Not like, oh, I'm going to go show Chase Young how, how I win games, you know. So yeah. I just – I don't understand that play on some of it, but that explains I – mean, the guy's a rookie, and, you know, he's trying to amp his team up, but there's yeah. some people that you shouldn't um, try to amp up against. Okay, Kevin, let's break it down since we're talking it anyways. Um, Buffalo is coming off their first 13-win season since, like, 91. So they yeah. host their first playoff games in 24 years. They were, like, giddy and happy that they beat the Patriots in, in 20 years. <laughs> they, were, they yeah. thought they had won the Super Bowl by beating the Patriots, but it wasn't the Patriots, as most pe- most fans would say. Those were not the Patriots, right? Because you had to right. beat Tom Brady, and that was not a Brady-led Patriots team. So the win was kind of just like, okay, a pat in the back, and great job, you made you made it happen. Um, they're going up against the Colts, which has a very good defense coming up. And who would have thought Philip Rivers would have revised yeah. his uh, status? And then Philip Rivers, who always missed the playoffs with the Chargers, somehow gets in the dance this time around. Yeah. Um, well, first off, the Bills have quietly over the last couple of years built a dominant team and nobody was looking kind of thing. You know, they with the acquisitions of Diggs and all of that stuff, you know, it was like you kind of – now that you look at what they did, you kind of look at it and you're like, how the hell did this happen, you know? Um, but they just kind of were always – second best to the Patriots, so it was kind of like nobody paid any attention, and now all of a sudden you got this juggernaut up there, and exactly what you said, I think Phillip Rivers is excited to probably not be a Charger right now, and got that monkey off his back, and I don't know, the Colts are kind of dangerous, you know, Phillip Rivers can throw that ball, and he's got a ton of wide receivers out there, you know, so, and he's not afraid to, to throw it, you know, so, um, Josh he's Allen. He's also got a good run game. It's going to be Jonathan oh, yeah. Taylor, uh, T.Y. Hilton. So yeah. they, they got a good run game. They got, Eb, uh, I think it's Ebron on the on the tight end side. So that, yeah. and, and then Rivers has always been electrifying in, in a way where his play has always been good. And just unfortunately, he's always, he was always on a Charger team that just like always short. You know what I mean? They'd always just fall short. Yep. And he, like I said, said earlier, he is not afraid to throw the 50-yard bomb. You know, I mean, he'll, he'll air it out and let a guy go get it. And he's got guys that are the receivers there that, that have the ability. So I think that's going to be a fun game. I I think the Bills are going to probably end up winning. But I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to let it not be a game, you know. Um, and, and the Colts' defense isn't either. So um, uh, that's – yeah. I. When they picked up Beasley, when they picked up Beasley and they um, Diggs, and then they picked up Beasley, that was a game changer for them. Yeah. Because it it gave them it gave them durability. It gave them like two stable receivers for him, and it gave yeah, them a slot receiver just like the Edelman. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's about five or six people that I always say is like an Edelman, you know, and it used to be like a Welker, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, so they're they uh I, we have one of them i um but it 
that Beasley to know that he's just sneaky, sneaky smart, and, and he'll get out there and, and find a spot to get you whatever you need. That's got to be a comfort for for them for to make a younger quarterback's game easier. You know, so yeah. Um, what do we say of Cleveland? Cleveland uh, hasn't been here since what 2002. A long time. They put up yeah. 11 wins. Like the it's, this is like. Uh, most fans on Twitter, when I was following all the Bear fans, you know, I mean, Brown fans, when they were on Monday nights and stuff, I mean, they are so ecstatic. This, this, this is actually more like they're already, they already won the Super Bowl mentality since they've never gone to a playoff game in a long, long time. Just so to make it, I mean, it's, they're, they're just like static right now. Exactly. And, you know, the Steelers have kind of, you know, since they had 10 wins, have kind of been coasting, like you, you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And, you know, I think they just thought, well, you know, and and you you see a lot of teams. It seems like they just get to where, you know, especially like the Brady teams. Like, oh, it doesn't matter if we're down two touchdowns, we'll come back and win. You know, and and a lot of times they did because I think the other team bought into it a lot. But the Steelers have played with that kind of mentality the last couple of weeks, and other teams have said, no, we're not laying down. We're going to keep playing. Um, Baker Mayfield, for as much as you want to say, is being a commercial, you know, queen and all that stuff. He uh, he's a gamer. He goes out there and he and he. It, it seems that he gives his all to to do what he can. Um, and you gotta love Cleveland. I mean, geez, that <laughs> talk about a town that just supports their team no no matter what, and and they just continue to be disappointed. So. Do I think they can beat the Steelers? No, I think the Steelers will finally go. Okay, it's playoff time. Let's let's start playing Steeler ball. But uh, it, they're dangerous. I think the Browns are dangerous. You know, that's it's one of those teams that nobody wants to really play because they. It just depends on who shows up that day. So, well, defensively, they uh, they got Miles Garrett and they got Denzel Ward. So if they can get to Ben Roethlisberger in in a yeah. pressure mode. I think that's the key, like, to your point right there. They have an opportunity. Uh, whether they pull the upset is the real question. Can they really do it? Uh, you know, on the, I think on the Cleveland side, you have durability with the combination of Chubbs and Hunt against the run defense on Pittsburgh side. So that's yeah. going to be interesting to see uh, because if, if they can break out between Chubbs and Hunt and not allow Mayfield to, you know, win the game, I think their balance attack will be good. Uh, Mayfield is basically the guy that I don't think can put the team on his back. He's not that type right. of quarterback. But if you give him uh, a nice run game or a combination of a run game, I, I, there there's the situation. If you put him in a pressure mode or he has to win the game, it's a bad omen for the Browns. Right. And if you look at the AFC as a whole, you know, you take the Chiefs out of it, and even if you want to slide the Bills out of it, all of those teams, including the Steelers, are within one game of how how many games they won. I mean, you got the Ravens eleven and five, Titans eleven and five, the Browns eleven mm-hmm. and five, Steelers twelve and four, Colts eleven and five. You know, I don't that that's a lot of teams that played a lot of the similar ball and you know and won a lot of games. You know, so um, you know to say the Browns don't have a chance, I, I think it's silly. I mean, they. They they played football all year no, they long. Got a like I said, with yeah. Chubbs and with Chubbs and Hunt, if they get going, and then uh, you know 
they, they get it going, I think they'll be fine. If they can get into the secondary of Pittsburgh, um, that's one of the weak points that they have right now. So we'll see. Um, the other game we're looking at is uh, Baltimore taking on Tennessee. It's a rematch of last year's divisional round upset for the Titans. Um, Tennessee is at home this time after winning the South with an 11-5 and record. The 11-5 and Ravens, obviously not as good last year and the year before, but they're peaking with a five-game winning streak. So, they, yeah. you know, Lamar Jackson really, I think, really needs this win where Derrick Henry, I, I think it's more of, a, more of a situation where Baltimore, I think, needs to win it um, because I think Tennessee's going to throw the kitchen sink to, to just to get to the next level. They really need right. that. I mean, both, and that desperation for both teams is my, my, my point. Yeah. Well, I think that goes across this whole wild weekend that we have right now is, you know, it's, it is kind of desperation. Normally we've got two teams that are, you know, get the bye. So you have that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you, you've thrown everyone, but, but the top two teams in the AFC and the NFC are the only ones that are secure to be able to play next week, you know? So I think this is, this is, major but yeah you're right i mean the i think lamar has everything to prove um and the titans are the team that i think everybody thinks is gonna you know eventually prevail but man they got a beast at a running back back there so i would not want to be on the ravens defense because that guy just is just man you know i was watching another game or i was watching yeah, another game when they come on and said uh, he needed 88 more yards to get 2,000, and I'm like, well, that's ridiculous to even announce that, you know. And then all of a sudden they come on and they're like, he needs 26 yards to get 2,000. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. And he's already had 130 yards when he needed 88, you know, or something like that. I mean, it's like you just shake your head and you say, I, I don't even want to – if I was a defensive guy, I wouldn't want that guy coming at me. I would, <laughs> I would push someone else. He's a talent. Way. He's certainly uh, a talent. I mean, he's very skillful and very talented. So yeah, very. Have elusive. you ever looked at his stats from when he was in high school? Mm-hmm. That guy was a beast from the start. I mean, it was like, I don't know. It was his ridiculous. Torso, I think he, Kevin, you can just look at his bottom torso. Man, yeah. that's massive. That guy's got, he's got wheels. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I had never I had never even heard of stats like that um, uh, from a kid in high school. You know that they, they, I don't know. I mean, how do you? I think he was averaging close to three hundred yards a game in high school or something. You know, and I and I mm-hmm. made the joke because I said, if you were the opposing coach and you're like, hey, if we can hold him to 200 yards, we got a chance. You know, I mean, how do you have that conversation with your team? But <laughs> I know in the locker room, we got to hold him to 200. <laughs> right, right. Come on, guys. Hold this guy to 200 yards and we, we could stay in this game. Like, But, no, I go back to the your point about Lamar Jackson is he's – He's got to let that team play too, though. Is I think he's 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 trying to put a lot on his shoulders, and um, he's not the only guy there, you know. I but he mm-hmm. he takes that approach sometimes, so um, which is good. You I know, I, I think Tannehill he, will be the Achilles heel for Tennessee if they don't stick to uh, Henry on the and the run game. If they yeah. have, if they got to go airing, uh, that could be a major issue. 
because yeah, the, uh, Ra- the Ravens, the Ravens force them to pass. Good. Yeah. But then again, with Derrick Henry, I, I'm probably going to run him as much as I pass, even if I'm down by three touchdowns. You know what I mean? It's like he he can break off a 20-yard run as easy as we can get a 20-yard pass. So, And that would be a, the only blessing for, I think, the Ravens, if the Ravens can somehow uh, defensively can get to uh, Tannehill or maybe, like you said, hold uh, Henry to a certain amount of yards. But it looks like uh, Tennessee really needs to get the win. I mean, it would be kind of a shame to have a, such a great season he's having and all of a sudden he's he's one and out. Yeah. No, that's true. You know, Baltimore's always been known for defenses, and um, they uh, – you know, they it's kind of been of a little bit shift since Lamar's come in there of you know the the sneakiness and and the running to him. But uh, I don't know. I think they've become a little more well-rounded, um, both defensive and offensive. But that you're right. I mean, if the Titans lose, it would be a waste for for the season that Henry put together and the team as a whole. Um, I I agree with what you say. Tannehill may end up being the Achilles heel, but what a great pickup for a guy that had just kind of, you know, fallen off the radar, you know, in, uh, in Miami there. And the Titans just kind of got him. I mean, they paid for him, but I mean, it was, it was, it was almost like he had become a forgotten guy in the, in the team, you know? So, um, I, I think it's a great fit with what he has. Uh-huh. Because because Baltimore Baltimore is a uh, I think more of a must win for Baltimore in this case than anything. Uh, Tennessee if they don't get the if they don't get the win, uh, I think they're going to be you know they're going to be biting, you know hating themselves basically because right. this is this is a, they need a win you know I mean they they need the the win more so than anything to prove a point that they're they've arrived in the AFC. Uh, Baltimore it has been up and down the last what six weeks. They've been good, and then now they're on a streak. Yeah. I think it's five-game yeah. winning streak. So, to them, this would be a huge win for them. For Tennessee, it would be like a big downer for them to lose. So, interesting game. I think that's the one of the games I'm probably – that's probably the one I'm going to circle to win, uh, to kind of watch more closely because I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think it's going to be a no. good, hard-fought game. All right. Um don't forget, you guys, go to monkeyknife5.com. You can do free $5 game on sign-up with the code NJF. Instant match on the first deposit up to $50. You can play contests revolving around whatever uh, players or leagues, NBA, NFL. You'll achieve a specific benchmark, and then you win from there. So go to monkeyknife5.com. Use code NJF to get started today. All right, um, let's continue here with the uh, – Chicago and the Saints. So, uh, Kevin, most people are of the perception that Drew Brees has a noodle arm now because of age. So, yeah. I don't know, you know, if we want to go that far, but he didn't I'll look very good. I'll take his noodle arm any day. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Drew's noodle arm any day. He's, he's a gamer. He'll go out there and he'll do whatever he wants, whatever he needs to be done. So, um you know, I mean, it seems like they've tried to they've tried to say something bad about Drew Brees since the day he got in the NFL. You know, I don't know why. It just, but I don't think so. Um, I hope your wife's not listening, but I don't think the Bears have 
got much of a chance against the Saints. She'll be there. listening, Kevin. So for sure, she'll be listening. Well, I love her, but I don't think her team has a great chance. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the Saints and Drew Brees. You know, the sad part about it is the Saints didn't really miss a beat when they, when Drew was out. You know, so. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, what's his game? Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, Taysom Hill filling. Uh, that was that was pretty cool, actually. I thought it was pretty cool to plug him in, and uh, like you said, didn't miss a beat. So no, he you know he he understood, and he he presented a completely different game. I think that was one of the main things. So um, look, Drew Brees so you knows how to win. The favorite, Kevin, you would call him the favorite right now. Oh yeah, I mean for the for the whole NFC, you're saying, or just for that yeah, game? The NFC for the NFC. You can't do that to my heart. Um, uh, we, we, we know the Rams are going to win it all. That's just let's just leave it at that. But if the well, Rams didn't win it all, yeah. Um, no, I don't think the Saints are the favorite. No. Uh, but they got a good shot. The Saints are still carrying. Well, the, a, the only reason the only reason on everybody's talking about them being doing a couple favorite? years ago. The, it's because sorry, they're taking so, on. That's, no, I said the the only reason everybody's thinking that they're the favorite is because they're taking on an eight and eight Chicago Bears team that went five and one and then they faltered and then they kind of sort of recovered and they switched from Nick Foles to Trubisky and Trubisky somehow, I don't know what he's been drinking lately the last three weeks, but he seems like he's back to the first week of the season. So, but can he beat Drew, Drew Brees? Is the question. Yeah, I don't think the Bears in, in themselves. I mean, I think the Saints just. Um, well, I was seeing, and was I wrong or whatever? But is there a question that Kamara might not play, or is he out? Or um, as far as I know, uh, it's still game time decision. So right. I'm, I'm assuming he will play. Why would he not play? Unless right. he's uh, exactly. co- on COVID on a COVID list of some sort, which I don't believe he is at. And, and then the Saints got a good run game. So Kamara oh. and uh, Murray, right? Kamara and Murray against the run defense, Chicago run defense, which is not not stout. It's pretty decent. But at the same time, I mean, Kamara is averaging like five and a half yards per carry. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the Drew Brees factor is kind of like the Tom Brady factor is he'll mm-hmm. go out there and he'll score 16 points if you want to play a close game. Well, not Drew Brees likes to score 30 points, but – He'll score with you if you want to make it a scoring thing. He'll he'll air that ball out, much like Philip Rivers and you know the older guys that are in this playoff hunt right here. They they're all there because they they can throw the ball. Um, and I just man, I I feel sorry for the Bears. They kind of they kind of snuck in on the backside of it, um, but they I just don't think they have a chance against the Saints. And that's my personal opinion. It's the NFL no, right. and they play the games for a reason. But um if you had to weigh both sides, I really think as fans, uh like you said, I'm taking Breeze over Trubisky any day of the week. Oh, yeah. even on Breeze's bad day. Right? Cuz right. Trubisky hasn't been consistent enough to to say let's let's rely on this guy. So And the other fear I, mean, I have unless, with the Bears yeah. is that the Coach, you know, if he wants to play the wishy-washy with the quarterbacks, you know, it's like, you right. know, if he's got a quick trigger, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm just not in love with it. So, yeah, you got to go the, with the Saints uh, on it. 
I'm assuming Kamara will, if he's not on the list, it really doesn't make a difference because they got Murray and they've played so well down the right. stretch. Uh, the only factor is going to be, yeah, the only factor is going to be Khalil Mack on that defense. Can the, the defense will win it for the Bears in case offensively the Saints don't get, run, don't get going, in other words. Right. Um, no, I think going back to your question of the favorite, Green, Green Bay's got to be considered the favorite. Um, yeah, well, again, I'm, I'm just saying for the wild card weekend, I think the favorite would be the Saints to come out of it because they're playing oh, yeah, against 100%. the Bears. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. if it had to be favorites right now for this weekend only, it would have to be the Saints, I think, we would have to put in, in terms of the NFC. NFC um, because Tampa Bay, depending on what they do with Washington, it's a totally different story next the next week because now you got to weigh them against Green Bay, right? Right. And can't Tampa Bay. Um, somebody tweeted me out like two hours ago. Well, I don't ago. think Tampa Bay would be. You're not yeah, going, well, you're not going to depend you're on not going what to happens beat with Tom Brady. You're not going to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. You might beat him in the Super Bowl. Right. That's what somebody tweeted earlier two hours ago. Yeah. You know, if he heads, if he if he can get through the wild card round and the playoff round, if you're going to beat him, it's got to be like when the when the Giants beat him, right, in the Super right. Bowl. Yeah. So he's not really beat. His record, in other words, speaks for itself. He doesn't get beat in the playoffs very often. Let's quit beating this dead horse and get to the game. You know, I want to talk about. Well, of course, <laughs> and that's the game we're talking about: Rams, Seahawks. All right. So oh, I'm disappointed I'm in our season. Because we could have won if we would have beaten the Jets. I just oh, it irritates me to even say that. If we would have beaten the Jets, I know. Oh, sad. I played every down of that game. I still have bruises from it. Um, yeah. From my recliner, but I, I don't know. I I almost look at. So now that you want to get into this, I I. Uh, I look at Goff's injury almost as a as a little bit of a slap in the face too because he uh all the things he's been criticized for last week Wolford showed that they were legitimate criticisms uh criticisms you know you know he he's afraid to pull the trigger when and when he's when he's rolling out um you and I talked the other you know earlier about uh that he allowed himself to be so one-dimensional, Goff did, um, when he was rolling out, the defenses didn't need to come after him. They they were staying in coverage because they knew he wasn't going to run. So I feel that the Rams have a better chance with Goff, Goff under center um, because he's he's done well against the Seahawks in the past. Um, I think the Seahawks will be gaming for Wolford. But Wolford brings a – he brings a, a – he kind of a mobility. new excitement, you know. But mobility. I, I, I think he he brings mobility, escapability, which I like. Uh, you said it earlier when we were talking off off there that the slinging is what we were missing. We have the weapons. We paid for the receivers. Why aren't we using the receivers, right? Right. Um, even without Cup, to... you still have Jefferson, and we still have uh, Higby. We still have options. Right. You know, and I questioned, I questioned, you know, is is our receivers just not getting open like they used to? Because in the in the last couple of years, Goff's been able to throw the twenty to thirty yard pass at will. I mean, our our receivers got open, and 
you know, it's not happening this year. And I'm like, is have the defense has figured something out? But last week, you know, Wolford was making those same passes that I, that I wondered why we haven't been doing it. So I don't think it's a receiver problem. I think, and I said to you earlier, is I was watching this- Goff's facial expressions on the sideline, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like he was like, okay, I get it. You know, like I need to kind of – I got to get back into this. I can't just keep doing what I'm doing because – this guy's proving that I have a team that I that I can lead and do the things that that everyone's criticizing me about. Do you think too much time with his girlfriend, new girlfriend, could be a problem? Uh, I mean, it'd be hard to tell him that he's wrong with that. Off. To be honest with you, I've seen pictures of her. I I, I can't I can't fault the man for what <laughs> for, for spending time with that girlfriend, but. Um, not one I'm a die on ranch. I got a for not spending quality time with our team and getting wins. Listen, listen. <laughs> so don't I guess talk I about my boy. With that girl. <laughs> the hardest part is that we're up against the Seahawks, a team that we know and and also know us very well. And yeah. you know, um, you want to talk about a quarterback that can just figure out how to get it done. Russell Wilson is that guy. He. You know, and and to compare exactly what I was saying earlier was Russell Wilson in that game that they beat us a couple weeks ago with, um, he made he took our defense, the number one defense in the NFL, and he made them commit. When he rolled out, if they come after him, he dumped the pass. If they right. didn't, if they stayed in coverage, he ran. And that's that was what I meant by what Goff is letting himself be one dimensional is he doesn't give the threat. The defense isn't going to come off of the receiver. They're not going to come to him. And uh, Russell Wilson is a true, true great quarterback. He's going to end up ended up being, you know, considered one of the greatest. And and they've quietly got healthy. You know, a lot of people kind of when we when we took over the lead of the division and all that stuff. You know, the Seahawks were hurting. They had the running backs and they they had a lot of injuries. And now they've quietly got healthy and all of a sudden the Seahawks are the Seahawks again, you know, so the last four weeks they've only given up fourteen points. So there's your point right there. Right. Right. And that's the thing that so everyone everyone knows now so I'm a Rams fan. But it's gonna be up we, to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey versus Russell Wilson. That's the game. Exactly. Because offensively I don't think we're going to be that – I mean, unless unless McVay can come up with some sort of a really nice offensive scheming, uh, it's going to be up to Donald and, and Ramsey to, you know, uh, coil down Wilson, interceptions for Wilson, that kind of deal. Uh, that yeah. will give us a chance. But overall, I think that's the defense. Unless uh, – if he starts golf, it's somewhat disappointing. If he starts Wolford, it's going to be very exciting for us to see, if you know, what this kid can do against yeah. a potential I, Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson. I just don't want to see what he can do in the in, in this winner-go-home type scenario. I know what you're well, saying. Well, we know that, and, and, but we don't have an option. I don't even think the thumb's ready to come back, and I don't want to half-ass golf that's not 100% either. I'd rather just no. you know, take my chances with this, with this kid that he knows what's on the line. He said it last week. I already know what's on the line, right? It's a, right. It's a win to get in. So this, this week's going to be no different. It's a win to get into the dance. So the I, most I lost awesome. Kurt Warner story, maybe. I don't know. 
the most awesome thing that I think I seen was he went out his first pass he threw an interception and they mm-hmm. showed him on the sidelines and someone walked over to him and he's like I got it I'm fine you know and I was like hey that's pretty cool there there's a kid that's pretty level headed and mm-hmm. you could tell by his expression like he wasn't trying to just brush the guy off he was like no I know what I did wrong I got it you know and he went right back out there and started commanding the offense. Our biggest problem is mm-hmm. once we get inside the five, which we've been a thousand times, we don't know how to go another five yards. Um, and it's I don't know who to put that on. That but he can't we... seem to – he can find the playbook from the 50 through the 30. Right. And when we get to that 25 or under, somehow the playbook is dead. Like we can't throw it to the end zone, deep end zone. We can't throw it to the middle of the end zone. You know, right. we can't run it. It's just, I don't know. Uh, McVeigh, you know, for, for as much of a genius we people consider him, he has been outplayed by a lot of people in the, in the NFC West. I mean, like Shanahan in, in, uh, against the Niners, two losses consistently for the last, what, two seasons? So, well, I mean, unless back, somebody's familiar with his, with his play calling, that's the only, uh, the only detriment to him is that within the division, as, as you're pointing out right now, within the division – Everybody knows each other now. It's it's no secret who who's you know what the weapons are. If you look back at our Super Bowl year, um, mm-hmm. we we ran the jet sweep, and he still runs the jet sweep. He just never goes to it. So I think the defensive just have they don't even respect it anymore. You know, um, what was the biggest thing that they said was so great about our offense was the plays looked the same. It didn't matter. We did the same motions every time, so the defenses yeah. never were able to key on what exactly we were doing, and we've stopped doing that. We run the we'll, – we'll bring the receiver or a tight end across the back in the jet sweep, but we never never do it. So they why, – why respect it? It's kind of that thing that you hear in the NFL all the time. You're going to have to beat me at it before I'm going to, I'm going to go to it, you know, Um and I just don't understand why he's, why McVeigh has, uh, you know, let go of the things that made us successful. We had an offense that just kept the defense on their heels all the time. So, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a frustrated Rams fans win. right now, but you know I'm. You uh, know, all I know how. Is 99's going to get off, and I, and I think 20's going to create a nightmare for Russell Wilson, and I think we'll squeak by with the field goal win. Or we'll squeak by with a touchdown. But um, if Akers can come I back, your I think that'll be a different dynamic. Yeah. Well, I don't think Akers is hurt after last week. I mean, he's he's no. good right now, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, we just need to stay with a balanced attack. But if if he does play golf, Jared's got to be able to see that field better. That's That's his big thing. He just... My son, my son says to me the other day. He says, uh, "Man, Dad, you know what would be cool is if there was a website that we could go to to watch any game that happened." And then he comes to me. He's like, "Hey, Dad, you know what I was talking about? It, it is." And so, there's a website that you can go to that you can watch any game since 2009 or 2010. But they also have this thing. It's a coach's view. And so we were watching it, uh, some of the the most recent games, and. It's all, almost maddening because you can see our receivers are wide open and Goff is missing them. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I 
got off on that tangent there about that other thing, but it it was just the fact of that coach's view is gives you so much of a different idea of the game than what you see on the national, you know, the tele, televised part of it. Um, so I don't know. We could well, talk about we, the Rams we own all a lot of long, but I know I always I told people uh, on the uh, the game when he was playing the game against uh, you know when Wolf first started. So the first QB in Super Bowl era to debut in a regular season finale with the playoff spot hanging in the balance. So, hey, right there, we're part of history too, right? right. The logo, yeah, exactly. history, you know, uh, Eric Dickerson, history. There's a lot of firsts yep. we have So, in this in this franchise. We've always had a lot of firsts to do something first. So, uh, shout out to him. He would be uh, basically the first guy to debut in a regular season finale, and he would be the first – probably a first guy to get a win in the wild card game, beating a probably a, a current or a, a hall of famer in Russell Wilson. If he, if he can get the win in the wild card round, I mean, right. what would you say about that? And then, then we got to, you know, take it to another level. I mean, this would be like Kurt Warner like, but in a probably more, I mean, Kurt Warner took over with the regular season and proved himself up to that. Uh, we're putting Wolford in a, like a cooker, right? Just an in, initial cooker. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to don him with the Kurt Warner crown yet. That was no, a no. wonderful year for you and I. That was a dream yeah. year. Let's <laughs> He's got to earn that one. As much as I love you and I want to I want to I want to jump on your bandwagon. I want I want to be on the wolf the wolf bandwagon, but I just uh I don't know, I'm apprehensive. You're, you're being I, cautious. I know you're being cautious. And you're being real too, as a football guy. You know, you're being real because we're like, I, I, this, this, like you said, hardest, it's going to take a lot more than just spark. You know, the hardest part from my heart is to see a defense as great as we have, and our offense has just been sputtering along. Um, it just, we, we should have, from our, from a defensive standpoint, we we should have lost maybe one or two games all year long. Um, right. It just. You know, and it'd be such a waste for us to be knocked out this week to have a defense of the caliber that we have. So, um, and it just proves yeah. um, defenses win games, and we've been able to do it. And if our offense can just, you know, we don't need to score a ton of points because we they they didn't beat us by thirty points last time. You know, so if we can, and we had opportunities that we just didn't cash in on. So, uh, it's gonna be it's be... gonna be interesting between between the Titans and the Ravens game. We're gonna be watching that one, of course, and yeah. then we're gonna be watching this one exclusively. Uh, Kevin, well, thanks for coming in. I really, really appreciate you making the time chatting NFL football. Um, you know, big, big buddy of mine for a long, long time, and uh, we're looking forward to the Rams against the Seahawks. That's where we're gonna be on the couch, especially with this COVID lockdown in California. So. Other than that, we're going to be on either on mobile devices or we're going to be watching it on the, on our big screens in, in our living room. So, uh, go Rams is where I'm going for. Go Rams. We can and will take down the, the Hawks. Hey, Oscar, I want to tell you, thank you for, first first off, for giving me the honor of coming on with you. We've, we've been friends for a long time, and I know that there's kind of a trust factor with your show and all that, to letting someone come on. that you, But you and I have talked enough NFL. I think you knew what where I've that, I, that I'm pretty passionate about it, but I just uh, oh, yeah. I want to say thank you very much for for what you do. Um, you're 
you're you're great for all of us that that aspire to be like you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Kevin, and, and you know I'm very fond of you. You're an awesome business guy and great entrepreneur as well. So really appreciate it. But uh, you know we're both passionate Ram fans. You're uh, you're on the golf thing to revive you know golf. I'm on the Wolford, uh, you know beach ride right now. And whoever you know, gets us to win, I just want to win. The one thing we didn't touch on that this year is presenting is home field advantage isn't that big a deal this year. Um, True. So, you know, that was – that is a major thing that I don't think is getting as much press as it used to. You know, uh, going into the Saints – or I mean, look at us, going into Seahawks. Who wants to play in the Seahawks? I've been to a live game in the Seahawks deal, and it's – it's horrible to be a fan of the other team. It's loud and it's obnoxious, and COVID has changed that whole deal. Um, look at the Browns being able to go to the Steelers. You know, I mean, that used to be an intimidating place. The Saints going to, going to New Orleans. I, I'm, I'm looking at the list here. Um, it just – it was uh, – this is a complete different change other than other than weather you know that's that's the only the you know, home field you know maybe the bills um the colts being a dome team going into the bills depending on what the weather's going to be there but uh that's the that's the one thing that's not getting beginning a lot of press is the home field advantage it's talked about it's talked about a lot but the home field advantage is non-existent this year so so the so the fake the fake fans uh, over the speakers not not cutting it for you huh? <laughs> no, but you know what's made it interesting as a fan though is you hear so much more from the players and of the game. You know, I mean, sure, you can hear the players chatting it up and stuff, and I think that's been kind of cool because I think it's always been drowned out by the fans. So you know, as a fan, it's been it's been neat to hear hear the the sideline talk and all that, but. You know, I'm looking at the list, and I think the Rams are the ones that are benefiting the most out of this weekend here of the the change in the home field advantage because going into Seattle was is is not a not a pleasant place to be with the twelfth man and everything. So, not to extend your time there, but I I wanted to get no. that in. I, it just popped into my mind. So, no, no good, no good. And I'm you know I'm rooting for 99 and 20. They got to get us over the hump because I know offensively if we have a bad game at least we know we got the comfort zone where a turnover or, or a touchdown for a turnover can get us that win so uh 100%. thanks for coming in again i really appreciate it safe travels out there stay safe with covid and uh we'll touch base again in the in the 2021 season you got it appreciate you have a great night you too bye all right bye all right guys uh that was uh kevin peterson one of my buddies big time ram fan we've been uh, buddies for over 20-something years, uh, big-time entrepreneur. He owns a lot of pawn shops all over the uh, local area that I'm, where I live in. Uh, but we've always had the love for our Rams and uh, really appreciate him coming on and give us a feedback on the wild card weekend, giving us uh, insights on the NFL and what's going to transpire this weekend. Really valid point right there, what he said. Uh, a lot of the games used to have a lot more on the line but because of COVID and everything else that's happening nationwide, um, that's kind of changed it up a little bit. 
Imagine if we would have had, right now, I mean, ecstatic fans in Buffalo right now would have been, like, huge buzz uh, for, you know, Indianapolis to show up in Buffalo, especially with a uh, big crowd in Buffalo. Uh, same thing, you know, you know uh, Browns fans would have been able to travel to Pittsburgh and probably take up a little bit of space over in uh, Heinz Field. But overall, I think the weekend's going to be very interesting. We're going to keep tabs, like I said, on Baltimore, Tennessee is what I want to see. And then also Los Angeles Rams against Seattle Seahawks is dear to our hearts. So check it out this weekend. Uh, we'll get all the details at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Red Beauties. Get the NFL recaps there as well, plus the lowdown from all the major sports sources, ESPN, CBS Sports, Yahoo. Uh, and so check it out right now at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Red Beauties. We're going to talk college football right now because it's one of those things where uh, they're thinking that something's going to happen. TMZ comes out with uh, the last, uh, what the last couple hours came out to where maybe it's going to get canceled or it's not going to get played. But it was a wild weekend in terms of the college scene. Uh, the bowl season is completely done, so it ended nearly as quickly as it started because of the COVID restrictions all over uh, with each conferences. So we're, uh, you know, let's just be honest. It was a decent bowl season, but it wasn't like one of the ones that we had in previous years. just like anything else in 2020, um, but it was something to look at. So it was in, in 40 games, uh, shrunk to 28 due to the COVID pandemic, uh, so it leaving us with very few options. Of the 28 bowls that were filled and scheduled to be played, three more had been canceled. Also, you can't ignore a lot of teams that were typically in a bowl game opted out, leaving us with a bunch of teams with losing records playing in games during the regular season. But more than that, there were the games themselves. So the average final margin of victory in the 25 bowl games this year was 14.8 points. Only nine of the 25 games finished with one score margins. And so the average margin at halftime of the 25 bowl games was 12.5 points. At the start of the fourth quarter, uh, the leading teams led by an average of 12 points as well. So all in all, uh, it wasn't in, like traditional college football, in other words. That's what we're rolling down to. So it leads us to change in that sense. So the team that scored first, 21-4, uh, to 4, only Cincinnati, Clemson, Wake Forest, and Western Kentucky blew leads. So they were up big uh, before the first half, and all of a sudden, what do they do? They lay an egg. They somehow lose the leads. So from a grambling perspective, uh, favorites went 15 and 10 against the spread and 20 and five straight up. So in short, it was not the bowl season we deserved, considering everything that had ha- has happened uh, with the pandemic. Of course, it's just because it's a great season overall. That doesn't mean some games weren't better than others. Um, so we ranked a couple of the teams. Uh, so I wrote down because I don't have Holly here today, but Holly usually will break it down for us very thoroughly. So we're going to break it down from the best. Best team, best bowl game. There was 25 bowl games, and we'll go with the top four because we're not we're going to run out of time to do it today. But let's just figure that out right now because there was it's just a lot of games to be played, and we're anticipating Alabama taking on Ohio State. And based on the TMZ uh, article that came out, we don't know exactly if that's going to happen or not because of uh, one of the teams having a COVID list of players, which would then put a, a disadvantage 
to one of the other teams. Um, so we talked about Coastal Carolina against Liberty. And so, you know, Coastal Carolina, they know how to play entertaining football games. So the Chanticleers didn't finish the season undefeated, but they had a clean sweep. Plenty of people believed in the Coastal 22-17 to win over BYU, which was the best game of the regular season. And now, uh, basically, they were ready for this matchup. And so they come up short against Liberty. So Liberty does take it. The two teams combined for 958 yards on offense, eight touchdowns. The 71 points scored in the game weren't the most in a bowl this year, but they were the most in any game that even resembled a close contest. So shout out to uh, Liberty, which at this point led a thir- had a 31 to 19 lead. It felt like the game might be over, but Coastal responded quickly with a touchdown, and after holding the Flames to a field goal, drove 72 yards in sixth place in the final minutes to make it a 34-32, three of 37-34, where Liberty takes uh, the win against Coastal Carolina. The other game was interesting that we were going to watch, and we talked about last week, was number nine, Georgia, 24, and uh, Cincinnati, 21. 24-21. And um, so this one is kind of like a scratcher. We anticipated because of the ranking that Cincinnati should have been higher ranked and because of their score of their uh, record. But Cincinnati declared it was here to play early, taking a 7-0 lead late in the first quarter. Georgia quickly responded with a touchdown of its own, and after both defenses took turns issuing uh, body blows, the Bulldogs took their first lead late in the second quarter and a lead uh, – a lead lasted just under four minutes before um, Ritter found White for an 11-yard touchdown with six seconds left in the half. The Bearcats then opened the second half with a 79-yard touchdown from Jerome Ford to make it 21-10. to Then we quickly learned that Georgia didn't want to be there again until the fourth quarter when it did. The Bulldogs battled it way back in the final frame, taking a 22-21 lead thanks to a booming 53-yard field goal from Jack Potter-Lesney with three seconds left. And that right there sealed the deal for Georgia. And it was a really crazy game, but very interesting. And so Georgia kind of put the stamp on why they were higher ranked than Cincinnati. And so that solves the question and the answer for that for them. So uh, the Liberty Bowl was West Virginia 24-21 over Army. Uh, So that was a really good game if you didn't watch it. The other matchups was Mississippi State taking on Tulsa. That was a really, uh, really good game, close throughout, and looked absolutely uh, miserable all involved. It was cold and wet. It's no surprise that things uh, got a little chippy throughout there, but overall, um, 28-26, you had Mississippi State take down Tulsa. The other ball game was Orange Bowl. Texas A&M um, basically beats down North Carolina. The Orange Bowl will go down as a great gambling story for some and an absolute horror show for others. If you had Texas A&M over the over, you were thrilled with the way the last few minutes of the game played out. If you were on the Tar Heels or the under, you had my deepest sympathies. So if you're a betting guy, you know what I'm talking about. But aside from all of it, it was still an entertaining game. Remember, at the top of this uh, you know, whole situation here, Texas A&M and UNC led by at least a touchdown. That includes the Tar Heels taking a 27-20 early lead. Uh, thanks to a 75-yard bomb from Sam Howell to Josh Downs, only seconds after the Aggies had tied the game at 20. The Aggies took the lead right back, but this time they never gave it back, taking on two more touchdowns in the final minutes 
after North Carolina twice turned the ball over on down. So Orange Bowl, Texas 41, North Carolina 27. Then you had the Oklahoma State versus Miami. So I'll admit, so it's just it was a really, really good game um, down to the wire as well. And so um, one of the games that you probably need to watch, of course, um, so it was a promising early. Oklahoma State jumped out to a 21-0 lead in the first quarter, and when Miami um, quarterback King left the game with a torn ACL, it sure didn't seem like there was much reason to continue watching, but the Hurricanes did storm back to make it a game, cutting the Cowboys' lead to 21-19 in the third quarter, and sadly it was as close as the Canes would get as the Cowboys' offense woke up again and made it a 31-19 uh, early game in the fourth. And so the result, 37-34, the win goes to the Oklahoma State in the Cheez-It Bowl. (laughs) Kind of quirky name there. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Iowa State, 34, uh, number 25, Oregon. We had Mackenzie Brooks and Holly Custis break it down for us last week on the 353 podcast. So this game got off such a wonderful start. Iowa State killed it half the first quarter with a 75-yard touchdown drive to start the game and Oregon responded with a 73-yard drive to tie the game. Then the Cyclones sucked up over half a a quarter again, going 69 yards in 14 plays to make it 14-7. Oregon fumbled on its next position, but then put forth a goal-line stand to keep it a one-score game. The Ducks then went 98 yards to make it 14-14, and at this point uh, it was probably one of the best entertaining games of the whole year. Iowa State then scored again to make it 21-14, but it was a at this moment that Iowa State coach Campbell decided to be selfish and win the game instead of allowing the rest of us to enjoy it. The Cyclones attempted a short pooch kick that caught Oregon off guard, and the Cyclones recovered it at the Oregon 27th. They'd score a few plays later to make it 28-14, and that was pretty much the end for the Ducks. The Ducks would get a field goal before halftime to make it 28-17, but the second half uh, took care of that. So it was nothing but a series of punts and turnovers with a couple of field goals. So, we did talk about it last uh, last podcast, 353, how if the Iowa run game would get going against Oregon, that would be the opportunity there. So it kind of speaks true here in the Fiesta Bowl as well. So really interesting matchup there. Uh, you also had other games, the Camellia Bowl, uh, Buffalo 17, Marshall 10. Really interesting game there. First responder bowl, Louisiana 31, UTSA 24. We're also uh, the other games, the Outback Bowl, Ole Miss 26, Indiana 20. And so that was a really interesting game because that's just like not the script for the Rebels, you know, uh, at this point. But the Rebels jumped out to a 3-0 lead. They never gave it up. I'm sure, the, uh, you know, we all thought Indiana was going to put up a fight. So Indiana ties things up at 3-3. But the Rebels took a 13-3 lead in the half and never looked back. So uh, Ole Miss came in really good. They take care of it. And so that's the difference there. But, uh, you know, good season for Indiana and even on a COVID state. And so 26-20, they didn't give up. They just lose by a touchdown. So that's pretty interesting there as well. So the one game that we're looking for uh, forward to this, this next week on January 11th is obviously going to be the big game. And that's going to be the big game that everybody's looking forward to. And nobody – Nobody thought that Ohio State would be here, considering Clemson was playing so well. And so, but it's still, it was an entertaining game. 
It did provide plenty of standout moments for what it lacked in drama as far as the outcome, like when Justin Fields was nearly cut in half by a tackle by James Schalke that probably broke for more of Drew Brees' ribs. <laughs> it led to Schalke being ejected from the game for targeting and a lot of wincing from the fields, but, you know, questionable. A lot of fans were outraged on Twitter whether that was targeting or not. Unfortunately for Clemson, it wasn't nearly enough wincing to keep Fields from picking it secondary apart early. And Clemson put together a long touchdown drive to start the game. And then after both teams traded three and out, they began trading touchdowns. It was 14-14 after the first quarter, but Ohio State destroyed any chances of a close game. The Buckeyes outscored the Tigers 21-0 in the second quarter to take a commanding 35-14 lead into halftime. And they never, never will back. So, we're looking at Clemson getting beat by Ohio State 49-28. And so really interesting matchups in the bowl series. So you get the rundown right there on Twitter as well. We have the breakdowns on our Twitter at Great Iron Beauty as well. Uh, the number one Rose Bowl, number one Oklahoma, I mean Alabama 31 against Notre Dame 14. We already talked about it. I think Holly talked about it at length about how Notre Dame needed really to get this win and really put up a good fight. And it just at, at what point in this game do you think Alabama realized they had the game won? Do you think it was the first or second quarter? Because really that's what it boiled down to. It was a situation where it was going to take a really big effort by Notre Dame to overcome the Christmas tide. And there it is. It wasn't even close. So we have Alabama against Ohio State. Uh, we'll see what happens with the COVID state in terms of the COVID list for the either team, and hopefully that's not going to change. But at this point, it looks like uh, between now and January 11th, there could be a situation where um, the game could be moved to a different time or it could be adjusted or uh, hopefully they don't cancel it. I doubt they'll cancel it. They might shift another day or two to give the players to get back, prolong the, the bowl uh, game to a different situation, but we'll see how, what it works out. So you get the uh, lowdown right there on Twitter from the TMZ report in terms of what happened there. So don't forget, you guys, go to monkeyknifefight.com, free $5 game on sign-up with the code NDF, an instant match on first deposit up to $50. Monkey Knife and contests revolve around whether or not players will achieve specific breakdowns during a game and, be- and me- benchmarks. So go ahead and go to monkeyknifefight.com and enter the code NJF. We're also having a big-time sales at our Zazzle shop, the Nojo Football Shop, up to 15% off on everything tanks, tees, leggings, capris. So check it out there. Support the podcast. Uh, you're the ones that keep us going. Uh, that also helps us spotlight another talent athlete in the sport. Uh, this past week we announced uh, Betty Acala Gonzalez out of the West Angels of Mexico as our newest no-joke football athlete for 2020. So we have over 45 athletes supporting our brand internationally, and uh, 2021 is going to be a huge year for us in terms of branding on the apparel side so we, we appreciate everybody that's gone to the store to purchase merchandise from us and us going and supporting that also don't forget to go to the monkey knife Five site and sign up there it helps us out that's our major sponsor it keeps the podcast alive it also keeps us um helping us bring awareness to women's american football all right so i'm out of here thanks for kevin peterson coming in and uh, dissecting the wild card weekend uh, broken down college football today. Also, don't forget to uh, subscribe on our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and uh, also on uh, iHeart. And then if you want to listen to the podcast, go ahead and do replays. We've got awesome interviews 
350 with Michelle Angel, 348 with Sam Gordon. We had 337 with Tashay Winfrey, uh, 330 with Wynn Domini of the WFA, 328 with Vary Lieberman and Angelica Grayson, 325 with Adrian Smith, 324 with uh, Sherry Awaga and Daniel Harvey. Go back to 331 with the incredible Michelle Marshall, uh, 332 with Chris Sacco. Give us the lowdown on the Utah Girls Tackle Football League. And then if you want to get the lowdown on the IWFA, the Icon Women's Football Association, go back to 338 with Rod Green or 327 with Terrence Haywood. All right, guys, so for the absent Holly Custis, Nate Ward, or Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez here, have a great weekend. We'll catch you here next week for another edition of the Gridiron Blitz.